Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, hey, hey. T-Rocks in here. Ty-Rocks in here. And it's another day to change the world. So today's guest is Chris Daly. And in this particular episode, we talk about what exactly it is to convert your traffic into clients, convert your traffic into customers. Have you ever had a situation where you have so many views, so many uh, visitors on your website or on your platforms, yet people can't seem to convert? Well, Fear not, because Chris dives into why that is and how you can optimize your online presence for money as well as influence. And we dive into the ways he did it and the ways his company does. He gives a lot of great resources, and I think this is one that is necessary for anyone, whether you want to be a change maker, you want to be uh, someone that boosts sales for your company, or you want to grow your audience because you feel like you have a very important message. Either way, I hope you take notes. You grab that pen or you grab that keyboard or your phone, wherever you take notes, and you get educated. Enjoy the episode. In a world where very few people embrace their global identity and seek to understand their neighbors, cross-cultural expert Tayo Roxon is on a mission to bridge this divide. Each week, he'll open your mind with insights from some of the global minds in the world. Get ready, take some notes, and learn how to be the best you that you can be. Welcome everybody to another episode of As Told by Nomads. And today's guest is Chris Daly. Chris is a digital marketing entrepreneur with a passion for helping businesses succeed online. After spending years driving traffic through SEO and PPC efforts, Chris turned his attention to the user experience of websites to see if he could influence traffic to convert better. After running his first successful test, he fell in love and began focusing on helping businesses test their website experience. In 2014, he started his conversion optimization agency, Daily Conversion, which is a full-service agency helping businesses discover what converts best on their sites through testing. In 2016, he merged his company with Disruptive Advertising, where he currently works as the VP of Site Testing and Optimization. We are going to talk a lot about that. We're going to talk a lot about how to make sure your website gets seen and do the technical aspects of all that. But Chris, I kind of want you to talk about your story and welcome to the show. Sorry about that. Welcome to the show. But I kind of, <laughs> I got too excited and I forgot to say welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. But with behind every great entrepreneur, there's always a story that leads them to where they are. What is yours? Yeah, you bet. And thank you so much for having me on. Uh, it's my pleasure to be here. Um, 
And so, yeah, we can talk about my story a little bit. I'm not your typical entrepreneur in the sense that um, I I didn't set out with this goal to start a business. Um, you know, I actually <laughs> I was having a conversation with my mom the other day, and my mom was talking about her kids. I come from a family of of uh, four kids. I'm the oldest, and she said of all of her kids, she thought that I would be the least likely to succeed, which is something what? you know you always want to hear from your mother. <laughs> Um, you know, but growing up, I just was not a very driven kid. You know, I was, uh, I was, um, you know, into video games and watching TV. And I mean, I'm, I was, I was a lazy kid. And so, um, you know, when you, when you looked at me in high school and even early on in college, I, I just, there wasn't a whole lot of passion, um, until and this is one of the things that you know when I when I talk to uh, students or um, you know any kind of aspiring entrepreneurs, one of the things that I always bring up is it's important to find your passion. It's important to find something that excites you, um, and that's what happened to me with digital marketing. So I actually went in to get a sales job just as a way to make money while I was in college, and I ended up selling digital marketing. So I sold search engine optimization when I very first got started. And search engine optimization is just helping businesses get ranked on Google. You know, So it's all about getting traffic to your website. And this was really interesting to me, mostly because it was something that I used every day of my life. You know, Google, who doesn't use that? Right. And, uh, you know, and so it was very interesting to me. I started selling it. I did that for maybe three months. And then as soon as an internal job opened up, I applied for it and started learning how to do SEO. Wow. And this was kind of where I first started to get excited about the concept of marketing. You know, I was in college. I was doing just like a general business degree. I had no clue what I wanted to do. And, uh, and so this is when I started getting really interested in marketing. Um, and so... Anyways, fast forward a few years. I spent a few years doing search engine optimization, helping businesses get more traffic to their websites. You know, I worked both in-house and in agencies. And I was working in-house at a company where um, we were getting a ton of traffic to our website. And we were doing phenomenally well in terms of SEO. We had got ranked number one on Google for like, I don't know, 10 or 15 really competitive terms. We tripled our traffic over the course of like nine months. And so we were slaying it in terms of getting traffic. But when we started looking at some of the data, none of that traffic was converting. So it wasn't really making us any more money. We were just getting more people into the site. And so that, of course, is a real problem. And for any entrepreneur that's ever, you know, even if you own a store, if you get someone into your store and, and they don't buy anything, like, it's a problem. Yeah. <laughs> and so... uh you know, so I started taking a look at this. No one at the company I was working at at the time could really help me figure out what was going on. And so I did some research. I discovered the idea of running A-B tests on your website. Um, and we can talk a little bit more about what that, what that is later. But um, the, the bottom line is you want to figure out what people want to see when they get to your website. Um, if people are coming to your site and they're not buying or they're not clicking on anything, they're not engaging... That means they're not liking what they see when they get there. And so A-B testing is all about discovering what do people want to see. And so anyways, I had no experience in this. 
Um, I, I just figured, what the heck, let's give this a shot. We ran an A-B test. Uh, we were able to increase conversion rates, and I got really excited. And I got the most excited about this test that I had run because I had no clue what I was doing. And and so when I when I created a test version of one of our pages that increased conversion rates, I was like, "Wow! Like, what was it? What? How did I? How did that happen? How did I increase conversion rates?" And so the psychology aspect of this is what really fired me up and got me excited to kind of learn some of these questions, ask some of these why questions and what questions. Like, what is it that that influences people's behavior online. Anyways, I could go on and on and on no, all day about no. that. But, <laughs> um, so, so anyway, so in, in 2014, that's when I, when I started my, my company. And I really started my company out of uh, filling a need that I had. You know, I was working in-house prior to that. I needed some help with building A-B tests. And uh, I just didn't really find any um, solutions out there that I really liked. Uh, they were either too expensive or had no expertise. And so I, you know, basically set out to create the company that I wanted to hire. Um, and, uh, and so that it was kind of, uh, a long ride after that. We can talk more about that, but that's, that's a little bit about how I ended up starting a company. <laughs> See, this is why I love to, to start with stories because, you know, Mama Haley said, you might you're the least likely to succeed and then <laughs> and then you came out of that you you sort of figured this thing out with conversion and and PPC and SEO and here you are with a company that's merged into others and you're the VP of testing and optimization here so anyone listening out there who is lacking motivation and drive it, it's there it's don't think that because someone has painted a narrative for you that that means you can't achieve it um exactly there you go are you still close to mom or do you do you, I don't know how that is I'm absolutely close with my mom. Yeah, I, I'm sure <laughs> she, she loves said you. That, sure I think she, in, in the most loving way. <laughs> no, no, and I'm sure she's always like, "Thank, thank you for proving me wrong, Chris. Thank yes. you so much for proving me yes. wrong." Oh, man. Yep, <laughs> that, that's uh, that's fascinating. Okay, so let's talk about then. You talk, uh, you touched on it there. A/B testing. First of all, what is A/B testing to those that don't know what it is? And then for people that have never tried, where should they start? Yeah, so A/B testing is. Basically, what, what you're doing is you are creating a copy of a page on your website. could be a landing page. could be your home page, whatever. You're taking, you're taking that page on your site. Let's say it your, it's your home page, and you use a, a testing tool. There's a ton of different testing tools out there. Uh, some of my favorites to get started with are VWO, which is Visual Website Optimizer or Optimizely. Um, they use one of these tools. Um, and you basically make a copy of, of a page on your site, your home page, and then you change something. And so by changing something, so let's just say you change uh, your headline to say something else. Maybe your headline on your current home page says, um, says we're, we're awesome at service, you know, whatever it is. <laughs> and you change your headline to buy stuff from us today, you know, whatever it is, you know, you change it to something else. And then you, you split traffic between those. So this is why it's called an A-B test because visitors come to your site. They could get the A version of your site, which is your current website, or they could get the B version of your site, which is the one where you've changed something. And these testing tools are going to randomly split traffic for you. And then you measure things. So you measure how many people clicked on your button, how many people filled out the form on your site, how many people called you. And 
So by kind of splitting traffic and running these two different versions of your site, you can measure what happens when I make this change on my site. So it's a very data-driven approach to making changes on your site. Most companies, when they go to make changes on their website, they'll just make wholesale changes. You know, a lot of times companies will redesign their whole entire website without even knowing that it's going to perform any better. And so this is a great way to make data-driven decisions where you know, hey, I made this change and it had this kind of impact on uh, on my my uh, users that were coming to my website. So that's kind of what A-B testing is. Um, there's a lot of, when, when people research A-B testing or they want to get started, there's it's really easy to get lost in the weeds because there's, there's hundreds of things you can test on your website. Um, and a lot of times when people start testing, they immediately think of the most complex idea. You know, so um, I was talking to a client the other day and immediately what came to their mind is, oh, okay, well, well we want to, we, we've got all these different kinds of traffic that's coming to our, so we've got social media traffic that's coming to our site, we've got email traffic, we've got, you know, PPC traffic, we've got, you know, friends and family traffic. We want all of them to see a different version of the site when they get there, you know, so that, you know, our email traffic, we can show them the email offer when they get to the home page, and we can show our, our uh, you know, whatever, our PPC traffic, we can show whatever we showed them on the ads, we can show them that on the site. Well, that's a big project, and you can absolutely do that. That's called website personalization, and that's a great idea, and it's also fairly complicated to start that. And so when you're first getting started with A-B testing, I always, always, always recommend you start with something simple. Yeah. Um, and so that doesn't necessarily mean that you're not that that you have to change something small, <clears throat> but there are very simple tests that you can run um, to get an idea of how users respond to changes. So one of the the easiest tests to run, it's one of my favorite tests, um, is I, I call it an existence test, and it's basically you go on your on your site and you create a B version of one of your pages, and you remove something from the page. And a lot of times companies, like, they don't like these kinds of tests because they're like, oh, everything that's on my site should be there. But what I've found is usually about 50% of the stuff that's on your site is probably hurting conversion rates. And the other 50% of the stuff doesn't really matter to the audience. And so um, a lot of the things that you have on your website probably shouldn't be there. Or if they should be there, it's it's really important to really test what people want to see. So, um, you know, so we, we do this a lot of times with clients. I did this with a client called uh, Diesel Power Gear. They sell a bunch of different kinds of products on their website. So we ran a test on their homepage. Uh, their homepage had, I don't know, 30 different products that they had listed. <clears throat> and they had them all listed out in categories. So they had, like, hats and shot glasses and new products and men's accessories and women's accessories. And I mean, they just had all these different categories listed out. And the reason they had all those products is they thought, well, we want to make sure that we show something. Uh, maybe people don't want shot glasses. And so if they don't want shot glasses, we want to show them something else that they do want. And that's a very, very common <coughs> thing for me to hear from business owners is, well, I'm not exactly sure what people want to see, so I'm just going to show them everything. Well, the problem is when you show them everything, the chances are very high that people are going to get distracted or they're going to get the whole FOMO thing, like the fear of missing out. So they're going to see a product they like, 
but then they're going to go, oh, wait, but there's more stuff. Hmm, let me see if there's something else that I like more. And so they're going to keep scrolling through your products. Anyways, we created actually seven different versions of their homepage. Where, and, and on each version of their homepage, we just removed a section of products. So version B, we removed accessories. Version C, we removed men's products. Version D, we removed women's products. You know, we just had a bunch of different versions where we just removed sections of the page. Very, very easy test set up. Then we ran the test. And out of those, ver- out of those versions we ran, six of them, six out of the seven, increased revenue. So by removing something from their site, revenue went up. Mm. And this just blew their mind. And this was a huge reinforcement of what we were saying of, okay, before we start messing with stuff on the site, first let's make sure that everything you have on there should actually be there. So by removing, when you remove things and conversion rates go up, that tells you you you, you've identified something that's either distracting people (coughs) or it's actually harming your conversion rates. Mm. So this is a very, very easy test to set up. I recommend it for almost every one of my clients when they're first getting started um, and uh, can have real serious impact. Wow, wow. And thank you for sharing. A lot of the listeners, uh, they come from different parts of the world and a lot of them tend to have careers that involve them building their personal brand. Some of them are nomads and I imagine this information is more than useful to them. But let's say someone's listening and they, they really resonate with what you just said. But then that person has a question. What tools, what um, apps, what solutions can I use to actually do A-B testing? What would you tell that person? Yeah, so it, it all comes down to where you want to test. So um, a lot of people like to build out landing pages. So Landing pages are a really easy way to, you don't have to build out a whole entire website. You can build out a single page that you can drive traffic to and have a single offer on it. And so if you're going to, if you want to do A-B testing on a landing page, there's several really great tools out there that have A-B testing built right into them. So tools where you can actually build your landing pages and then build tests within them. So my favorite one is Unbounce. We use Unbounce for our clients. I think we have, I don't know, 150 or 200 uh, accounts in Unbounce for, for our, our different clients. And uh, so Unbounce is a really easy way where you can actually build a landing page. They've got drag and drop features, so it's very, very easy. You don't even need a designer or a developer. Uh, and then you can create right within the tool, you can just create a duplicate of, of your landing page and then change something. And then you can decide how much traffic is going to go to each version. Um, so Unbounce is a great one. There's also Lead Pages. That's another good one. Those are probably the two most popular uh, tools. There's a ton of other really good landing page tools out there, but those are probably my two favorite. Um, if you're going to test on your website itself, I mentioned a couple of uh, a couple of tools earlier, but my favorite ones to get started with are VWO Visual Website Optimizer or Optimizely. They both have <coughs> excuse me. They both have um, pay as you go kind of plans, so that you can just get signed up and just use you know just pay for the amount of traffic that you actually need on your website. Um, but they're very very easy to actually install and get started with on your website. It's just a single line of code 
that you'll install to all pages of your website. Uh, you know, if, if you have a developer, they can do this in about five minutes. Um, if you don't have, have a developer, it's, it's still fairly easy, uh, depending on your, on your technical skills. But, um, and again, these tools, you know, once you've installed them on your website, you can do everything inside of the tool. So you don't have to make any changes to your actual website. And that's one of the things that, you know, our clients really like is you can go in and actually create alternate versions of your homepage inside of the tool without ever having to have a developer go in and build a new homepage for you. You can test it, run tests, until you find something that works. And then once you find something that works, then you make an update on your website. So it can save you a lot of money, actually, in the long run. Uh, you know, most companies will spend anywhere from $10,000 to $100,000 uh, you know, redesigning their site or making changes to their site. Um, this is a very, very simple way to make changes and measure the impact before you actually go in and, and hire a developer to do yeah. some work on your site. I was actually just about to ask you about that because I was going to say, can't companies just say, let's just redesign the website? And, uh, but you know, you, you sort of answered that there with that question. So then what are the most, what are the biggest problems rather that a lot of people, a lot of businesses, um, have with the websites because you, you touched on it in the first uh, question I asked you there, but I imagine there are many problems that a lot of businesses don't even realize that they're committed. You know, maybe it's too many, oh, yeah. too many products is one, but what are the other ones? So I'll say first, I'll just start with kind of like a broad concept. So I think the biggest challenge that most businesses have is most businesses, whether it's a single entrepreneur or a large company, most businesses think they know what their users want on their website. And the truth is they don't. <laughs> um, you know, a lot of the reasons that I will hear, you know, I'll have, I'll talk to entrepreneurs or uh, marketing directors that will say, oh, well, we spent all this time. We built out these customer personas. You know, we've got these, we've got these uh, customer avatars that we've done all this research into. Or we've talked to our audience. We've talked to our customers. You know, we've done surveys. We've done polls. I've talked personally to our clients. And this is what they said they want. And the challenge with that is just because people have told you they want something, that doesn't mean that's what they actually want to see on a website. So there was some really interesting research that was done by Harvard into the psychology of what makes people make decisions online. And they found that 95% of a purchase decision is subconscious. So that means 95% of the reasons that I'm buying something from your website, I'm not even consciously aware of. It's, wow. it's subtle, subconscious things like, how safe do I feel on the site? Well, if I, you know, that's probably not something that your customers are going to tell you unless they feel really unsafe, so unsafe that they're un unaware of it. But somebody's safety on your website isn't something that they're usually consciously aware of. It's just a gut reaction that will come up. Um, things like, how noticeable is the call to action? Uh, was I scared off by how much content you had on there? Did I watch your video and I lost interest after I watched the video? Those are the kinds of things that, you know, again, subconsciously uh, are happening when users come to your website, but you might not even be aware of. So the first thing that I always, always, always tell the people is don't assume that you know what your audience wants from your website until you have run a test and have some data. And even when you have some data, you have to take it with a grain of salt because people's behavior is going to change over time. And so 
you know, usually once once one of our clients has run a test and found that something works, I like to go back and retest that assumption about every six months because you might be getting different traffic to your website and they might behave differently or people's behavior might change just in general. And so um, so it's very important, though, that you that you gather some data around what people actually want. So number one, um, assuming that you know what your audience wants from your website because you, quote unquote, know who your audience is. That's probably the biggest thing. The second biggest mistake that I think a lot of uh, companies make is this this line of thinking. So a lot of times businesses will go to make a big uh, website. They'll do a big website redesign. And I'll start talking to them and say, <coughs> well, why are you redesigning? Well, we want a new fresh look. Okay, well, what if what if your audience doesn't want that? Like what if that doesn't actually help conversion rates? Well, if that if that happens, Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in 6 months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. mintmobile.com/switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month, unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month, face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get 6 months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after 6 months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply. If rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. And businesses are always skeptical that People aren't going to like a new website. But um, if that happens, well, then we'll go back and fix things afterwards. And so basically what, what people are saying when they want to go and make a big website, uh, redes- do a big website redesign or make a big change is, well, I don't really care what people want. I've already committed to do this, and so I don't want to back down now. <laughs> <laughs> and so the, the, second big, the second big challenge I think that most businesses face is – Restraining themselves enough to get some data before they make decisions. I mean, I, I understand this. You know, being an entrepreneur myself, I understand that you want to just sometimes you just want to make decisions in your business, and that's sometimes what makes entrepreneurs feel successful. Is well, I want to just be able to do whatever you know I feel like is going to help us be successful that day, and that's great. And you can do that, but there are there are ways to do that. So one of the ways that I will usually recommend, if somebody's going to do like a big website redesign, for example, before you invest all the time and resources to change your whole entire website, because it is a huge project. I mean, the bigger your website, the more it's going to cost. So before you spend all the time and resources doing that, just run one test. Just run a test maybe on your homepage. Redesign your homepage. You don't have to redesign the whole entire website. Redesign your homepage and then split traffic between your current homepage and this new version of your homepage and see how people respond. And if you see a favorable result, then it might be worth going through and doing the whole website redesign. But one of our clients um, spent about $350,000 on a new website 
they were obviously you wouldn't spend that amount of money unless you thought it was going to make a huge impact on your bottom line. A lot of money, man. (laughs) Yeah, ton of money. $350,000, new website design. It was, you know, they, they hired out this professional agency that was using all these best practices and all these different things. Uh, they were going to make, you know, this cutting edge design. Anyways, they went through all this work. They launched the new site and nothing happened, which, you know, isn't the worst thing that can happen. At least conversion rates didn't go down, but conversion rates didn't go up. Mm. So they had spent all of this time, all of this money, and they had basically done something that their audience really could care less about. They were focused on the wrong things. And so, again, you know, they, they've learned their lesson. Before they go down that rabbit hole again, they're going to run tests and figure out what actually matters to the audience. Are we just, you know, are we just changing colors on a page and people don't really care about the colors? Maybe what they care about is the way that they navigate through the site and you're not even worrying about that. Or maybe they don't care about how they navigate to the site and they really do care about colors and you're not worrying about colors. You know, it's just, it's so important that you spend your time focusing on the things in your business that are actually going to create results. And so again, you know, this is, uh, I'm kind of beating a dead horse here, but this actually saves entrepreneurs a lot of time in the long run and this saves businesses a ton of money by helping them first identify the things that matter and then spending your time and resources, you know, doing redesigns, that kind of stuff. So those are probably the two biggest things is number one, you know, assuming that you know what your audience wants and number two, doing a ton of work before you've actually taken the time uh, to research out and run some tests on what your audience wants. Uh, this is no, this is amazing advice. And I really love what you're saying because it, it, I mean, a lot of us don't know this, you know, we've, a lot of us build websites. We don't think about this. You're right. We do assume that we know what the audience wants and it's almost that, uh, that arrogant approach. Like I'm the expert on this and I'm the one that they're coming to, to look for. I shouldn't even consider their opinion. And right. Yeah. And, and we, we might even do that with other, we might say, no, we've asked, we've done the service. We've done everything. We know every, we know all the problem points, but we always miss the website. A lot of us miss that the website is a key aspect of that. And if they come to your website, they have to be able to connect. And so, um, that's, that's, uh, that's great. Well, let's talk about the psychology of marketing. What do you feel influences website audience behavior? Yeah, so I've kind of broken this down actually into six different areas. And I mean, we don't have to dive into all six of these areas, but um, basically the six areas that, that we found that influence audience behavior the most are, number one, your value proposition. So what is it that you are offering to people and how are you communicating that to your audience? You know, so again, you, a lot of companies can tell you all day about their value proposition, but when you're actually communicating that on a website, it's, in, it's important to understand how much do people want to hear about this, right? You could talk my ear off it for, for 10 minutes, but maybe I only want like three sentences. And so if you have to communicate your value proposition in three sentences, what are you going to say? So that's the first area is your value proposition. Second area is your call to action. This is arguably the most important element on any page of your website. And the call to action, it's, it's amazing actually how, how many businesses, I'll take a look at one of their, the pages on their site. Uh, maybe it's a, an informational page on a site or maybe it's a, a product page on their site. And I'll ask, what do you want people to do on this page? And they go, uh, 
So it's important that every page on your site needs to – you need to have some action that you want people to take. Yeah. That's your call to action. So whether it's clicking a button or subscribing to your newsletter or uh, filling out a form or clicking add to cart, you know, whatever it is that you want people to do, you need to know what it is and your audience needs to know what it is. And mm. so what are you telling people to do? What do you want people to do? And how are you communicating that? So, you know, again, call to action, super important in terms of psychology. It's, I say it's one of the most important because when somebody comes to a website they've never been to before, uh, you know, user research is kind of bent on exactly how much attention people have, but, but kind of industry, industry average is about two to three seconds. So people say when they come to a new website, they give about two to three seconds of their attention and to, to decide whether or not they want to stay on the website. So in that two to three seconds, it's critical that people can identify, number one, what is it that you're offering, so your value proposition, and number two, what are they supposed to do? Right. And, you know, a lot of companies, I'll talk to them and they'll say, oh, well, they need all this information before they're ready to take action. So I'm going to put the call to action way, way, way down the page because they need to watch our video first and then they need to read this stuff and then they need, you know, they need all this information before they're ready to actually get a quote from us or whatever. But if people can't figure out what they're supposed to do, that causes anxiety for people. People like to just have some transparency and go, okay, all right, I know what I need to do. Now I can go and spend some time researching, but whenever I'm ready, that's what I'm supposed to do. So it's important that people can identify immediately when they get to the page, your call to action. Um, so that's the second thing. So we have value proposition. What are you offering? Call to action. What do you want people to do? The third thing is the content that you have on your website. And anything could be content on your site. Your images could be content. Your videos could be content. Your actual content is content, right? Anything that's on a page could be considered content. And so con with content, it's really important to consider like how much content do people want or what content do people want? You know, and we could talk a lot about this, uh, you know, later, but um, content is super important. Making sure that everything that's, that's on your site should actually be there. So those are the first three things are what I call, I call conversion motivators. So right. these are things that, these are levers that you can pull to increase the likelihood for people to uh, convert. The second three things I call conversion resistance or things that um, <laughs> if, if, they ha if you have them on your website are probably killing your conversion rate. So the first thing is diversion. So anything that is diverting or distracting attention from your call to action. So there, there's a ton of things that can distract people's attention. It might be your content. Your content might actually be distracting people from taking action. Um, you know, your video might be distracting people, your images, your, your ads, your, maybe you have, maybe you have seven buttons on a page. That can be really distracting to people if they can't figure out which one of those buttons they're supposed to click. So you never want people to feel confused. You never want people to feel like they're not sure what they're supposed to do. And so it's really important that you run tests to understand what is helping my conversion rates and what's distracting people. Right. So that's the first resistance factor. The second resistance factor is anxiety. So anytime someone feels 
any kind of discomfort on your website. Maybe they feel unsafe. Maybe they feel confused. Maybe they feel frustrated, like they're clicking on something and nothing's happening, or they clicked on a button and it didn't take them where they were expecting. You know, those kinds of things can cause anxiety for people. And so I always look at my, my clients' websites and I will walk through the site with them as a user would go through the site. Okay, coming to this page, what am I looking for? All right, here's what I'm looking for. Now here's what I, here's what I think I should do. Okay, let's click on that. All right, now let's go to the next page. Ooh, this isn't really what I was expecting or, you know. So it's important to just go through the whole user experience of your website and think about it, how someone who might not already know what you do would, uh, you know, would, would look at your website. Um, and then the last thing is the responsiveness of your website. And this is something that gets talked about a lot, but I think about it in terms of how customized is the mobile version of your website. Right. So, you know, if someone came to your site on a mobile device, what are they going to be looking for? Is it different than someone who might be on a desktop device? If you want someone to call you, if that's a valuable conversion metric for you, like if you're a service agency or if you sell a product that someone might need uh, to call you about, you probably should have like a button, like a click to call button on your mobile experience. You probably don't need that on your desktop experience, but you need to think about your mobile experience and think about how to provide a good experience to your mobile audience instead of just saying, does my site work on mobile? Yeah. So those are, the, those are the big six things. Like I said, I could talk your ear off about those all day, but um, <laughs> those are kind of the big six influencers on a website. Uh, now you, you've done you've done more than enough, sir. You're a legend. You know we're talking to Chris Daly here, uh, voted least likely to succeed and proved all his doubters wrong. <laughs> uh, he's uh, he's helped us on you know ways we can help our website convert better, the psychology of marketing, and you know he's really just talked to us about the importance of A/B testing. Before I go into the more personal aspects of being an entrepreneur, can you tell us where people can find you? Yeah, so people can uh, find me on. I'm on Twitter at Chris Daly. My last name is D A Y L E Y. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn. Um, I'd love to have people reach out with any questions. And uh, we've also put together a starter guide that's focused around A/B testing. If anybody's interested in learning more, you know, getting some tips on where on where to get started or tools that kind of stuff, they can go to uh, disruptiveadvertising.com/guide. Yes. And, uh, and download our free guide there. Awesome, awesome. Are you also speaking at the social media marketing world, right? Yeah, I am. So uh, social media marketing world in February in, uh, in San Diego, I'm going to be doing a 90-minute workshop. And I'm actually going to be diving into those six uh, items that I, that I mentioned earlier, the value proposition, call to action, that stuff. I'm going to be diving really deep into that and talking about specific tests that you can run um, you know, to, uh, to help each of those six areas. And so I would love to have people come check out my workshop at social media marketing world. Uh, that's going to, that's definitely going to happen. I'm sure your, your session is going to be one that's, uh, attended, uh, well, one of the most well attended, uh, in the history of social media marketing world. <laughs> but, but, um, before, before I let you go, I kind of want to just ask this question. A lot of the listeners, they're millennials. There are people trying to change the world. The people that are, are thinking of building businesses, uh, you know, in different parts of the world to solve problems. I want you to share your story of entrepreneurship, you know, ones of struggle, ones of success. What did you learn about yourself through the process of building a business and then merging with another one? 
Oh, man. There was a lot of things. Um, I'll tell you a couple of big lessons that stood out to me. So I mentioned I'm not your typical entrepreneur in the sense that I didn't originally set out in my career to start a company. Um, so when I did start a company, I had no clue what I was getting into. You know, I, <laughs> I was not prepared uh, emotionally. I wasn't prepared um, you know, physically just for all of the stresses and all the challenges that I would face. Um, and one of the things that as I've gotten further down the road, one of the things that I, that I realized, and this is something that I actually share with my employees um, fairly often, is how important it is to believe in yourself. And when I say believe in yourself, I mean, that sounds like just like a motivational speech thing. But what I, what I mean by that is believe that you have some kind of value to offer. Because if you're starting a business, or even if you're not starting a business, even if you're working for someone else, if you want, like, if you want to raise, if you want to advance in your career, you need to believe that you have some value to offer. Because no one else is going to believe in you if you don't believe in yourself. And I realized that as I went in. When I started my agency and I went in and I started pitching businesses, I realized that I had a lot of reservations in, in myself, in my ability to like fulfill. So businesses would ask me, can you do this? Can you do this? Can you do this? And it was stuff I could probably do, but I was so hesitant. I was like, uh, mm, you know, mm, I, I don't mm. know, uh, you know, probably, <laughs> but I don't really, you know, but, but when you go in with confidence and and you own you own um, a meeting like a boss. And again, there's there's a difference between having confidence and being dishonest. You don't want to be dishonest. But if there's something that you can figure out, then you go in and you say, "Yes, I can absolutely do that." Yeah, I, you know. Um, and so if you if you have confidence in yourself, you can sell yourself in so many different situations in life. Whether it's an entrepreneur whether it's, you know, selling yourself to a potential spouse, right. um, you know, just believing that you have something to offer. So that's the, probably the first thing. The second thing is um, one thing that I learned as I started my business, I, like I mentioned, I was unequipped emotionally to handle the stress. I remember getting to the end of my day and, you know, I've got, I've got a wife and I've got, um, at the time I started my company, I had one daughter um, and you know, of course, I start. I started my business because I believed that um, that it would be a good financial, uh, you know, a long, a good long-term financial uh, plan, um, you know, for for me and my family. And so, anyways, I get to the end of a long day of work, and I would be so burnt out that I would literally just walk out of my office, you know, my little home office, and I just collapse on the bed. Wow. And I didn't want anything to do with anybody. I didn't want to talk to my wife. I didn't want to talk to my kid. You know, like, of course, I love them and I want to spend time with them. But I was so emotionally uh, drained from the day that I didn't have anything left to give. And so what I had to learn was I had to learn how to process throughout the day because it can get really lonely as an entrepreneur. You know, you start you feel sometimes like you've got the weight of the world on your shoulders and, uh, and it's you know, that's one of the reasons why I think having a mentor is a really important thing for every entrepreneur. But, um, but aside from that, one of the things that I that I learned that's become really meaningful for me is meditation. And meditation, there's lots of different ways that you can meditate. You don't have to sit on the floor, cross-legged, and 
you know, hum to yourself. But like, there's lots of different ways that you can meditate. But for me, having 15 minutes a day of meditation has become an integral part of my life. It's become a way that I can kind of process what's what you know what's going through my head. It's become a way that I can kind of flush the systems. And honestly, after a good 15 minutes of of good solid meditation, I feel rejuvenated. I feel I feel ready to meet um, you know the the challenges of the day. Because what happens with a lot of entrepreneurs is you just build up stuff throughout the day. You know, you go to a client meeting and something gets dumped on your plate and that's a stress. And then you get an email from a client that wants to cancel and that's a stress. And then, um, you know, you have an employee or a contractor you're working with that, you know, that needs some feedback from you and that's a stress. And instead of resolving all these things throughout the day, a lot of these things just kind of tend to pile up and pile up and pile up and you get to the end of the day and it's just like, oh my gosh, I didn't even have enough time today to to process everything that happened. So anyways, I don't need to say any more about that, but meditation I think is incredibly important, whether you're an entrepreneur or whether you're an employee. It's important to be able to process what's happening to you throughout the day emotionally to kind of flush the systems and to make sure that you're actually getting out of your life what you want because I wanted time with my family. I wanted to build meaningful relationships with my kids and my wife. And you know, when I wasn't when I wasn't in a good place emotionally, I wasn't able to do that. So that was a really important thing for me. Man, 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 that's uh, that's that's so powerful. And thank you for sharing. I, I just think there's so much power in our stories. A lot of us don't get to to really realize the abilities we have. We spoke to that with the confidence you need to have if you want to say you are a businessman or you're a businesswoman. You have to have confidence in your ability because. That kind of confidence is something that's infectious. And if you're not confident, it sort of shows as well. And you having a value of what your family, what your family meant to you, what your daughter and your wife and, and how you wanted them to live is also another motivator for you. And, and I, I appreciate you being vulnerable and sharing that with us. So um, thank you for that. You bet. Before we go, I ask this question. This is my mission statement. The reason my way, you know, this is... uh the reason I wake up every day and I always, I always say use your difference to make a difference. I firmly believe each one of us has the ability to make an impact in the world. So how do you um, use your difference to make a difference? Yeah, and this is something that is a really big deal to me personally and, you know, to my company Disruptive. Um, you know, we our, our mission statement is um, improving lives through results-based relationships. So, you know, to me, something that is very motivating is <clears throat> having meaningful relationships in my life. Um, I'll tell a quick story that kind of demonstrates what I'm talking about. So, um, I grew up in Arizona. I live in Utah now. Um, I grew up in Arizona, and I went back for a high school reunion. This is probably four or five years ago. Um, I went back for a high school reunion, and on my way back to Utah, I was sitting on the plane by myself. Um, I was sitting next to somebody that had a kid that was like the same age as one of my kids. And so um, their kid was kind of fussing because they wanted candy. And, uh, and the mom didn't know if they could get candy anywhere. Anyways, not to be like a total creep or anything, but I am like a junk food junkie. So I just happened to have a bunch of junk food in my in my bag. And so I said, I don't mean to be creepy or weird or anything. Like I, I have some some junk food in my bag if, if you're interested in it for your kids. So I gave him like a pack of Skittles or something. And uh, anyways, we started talking. 
And it turns out that this woman who is sitting next to me on the plane with the kid, her husband worked for this organization, uh, a charity organization called Operation Underground Railroad that um, they do some really serious work. They, they rescue children that have been abducted for sex, tra- sex trafficking. I mean, really, really heavy topic. And her husband did some work for them, and, and she said, you know, actually, with what you do, the website testing stuff, maybe you can help the, their organization, so I'd love to introduce you to my husband. So anyways, we get off the plane. She introduces me to her husband. Her husband's name is Mark Mabry, um, and so we got each other's numbers. Nothing really happened for a little while, and then like f- four months later, maybe, we ended up getting back in contact with each other. And we met up for lunch. We started talking. We started doing some charity work together for this Operation Underground Railroad. And we totally hit it off. And Mark Mabry, to this day, is one of my, I I would say, one of my best, like, personal relationships and probably my best professional relationship. He's now, you know, now that I'm over here at Disruptive, he's referred us uh, several, several large clients that have been with us for a long time. But he's referred them to us because we have this great relationship that's based on um, creating positive results together. You know, we were involved in this charity project together. And we, you know, the next project that he got involved with, he wanted me to be a part of. And, you know, the next company that he got involved with. And so it was just, it was a real uh, testament to me of the importance of building quality relationships and helping each other generate awesome results, you know, helping each other accomplish each other, you know, the goals that are important to us. Um, and so that's something that we really strive for at Disruptive and something that motivates me every day is making a difference in somebody's life, building those quality relationships um, and using the talents that, you know, and the, and the skills that I have professionally to create those, you know, results-based relationships. Wow. Wow. Look at that. Look at that. Using a difference to make a difference by forming meaningful relationships and uh, really living out your truth. Uh, you know, it's, you're, you help with a lot of people's websites and you are doing that for organizations that are changing the world. You're making sure that they're able to effectively get the messages across. And that's such a powerful thing. So um, thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you for your service. Thank you for everything you've done. And uh, thank you for your time here today. Thank you so much for having me on. It's been a pleasure. Pleasure is mine. Ladies and gentlemen, till next time. Use a difference to make a difference. You've just been listening to the As Told by Nomads podcast. For more ways to reach out to Tayo and to use your difference to make a difference, head over to www.tayoroxon.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues 
your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 